It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into your daily source for the Cincinnati Reds throughout the offseason. This is the Locked On Reds podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Carr. How's it going? Welcome in TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm so glad that you've joined me today as we talk a little Reds here on this gloomy day, at least here in Cincinnati. It's cold and rainy and it's kind of weird. I mean, I guess it's better than cold and snowy, but at the same token, it's like still throwing me off we're in the 40s it's raining it feels like baseball at least spring training should be around the corner which i guess technically it is pitchers and catchers report in just a few weeks here we're gonna talk about an article that c trent had in the athletic predicting the roster a couple of notes that we want to focus on today from that and i'm going to introduce a new segment something that we did with your friend and mine, Ken Huber, at Obscure X Reds. We're going to introduce that new segment later on in the show. But before we get to all of that, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on all the many podcasting platforms. Follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's and at Lockdown Reds. And save the Lockdown Reds line number into your phone at 513 Five nine. So before we get into the focus topic, let's do some news. News team assemble. Not a whole lot going on as far as actual headlines are concerned. I did note and you probably saw this as well, that the most prominent rumor, at least of yesterday, was that the Red Sox and the Padres are in talks to send Mookie Betts to San Diego. Now, nothing is 
final yet. There's no actual trade that's been reported. It's just that is the rumor du jour. And being that Francisco Lindor has officially been taken off of the table by everyone in the Cleveland Indians organization, and there's not really been any sort of update on Corey Seager or Carlos Correa or Trevor Story, you know, all of the shortstop targets that the Reds have been involved with, this has been the main trade rumor. That being said, I think it'd be interesting if the Reds got Mookie Betts, given that they've already added about 150 outfielders. So, I don't know. Probably not something we'll see the Reds go after here. Uh, and yeah, that's, uh, that's really the news that we've got for today. Let's jump in to today's focus topic. I swear to God, I'm smart. C. Trent had an article in The Athletic, and this was a couple of days ago now, that he's talking about predicting the opening day roster, looking at the 26-man roster of 13 position players and 13 pitchers. And most of it, you know, he, he kind of kept the same because he wrote this article as the offseason just had barely begun predicting the roster and things of that nature. And obviously... Whenever he wrote it, this was after they had signed Mike Moustakis, so he was a part of that prediction. So there wasn't a whole lot of changes with the infield or anything like that. With the outfield, he added Shogo Akiyama and uh, kicked out, I think he had Travis Jankowski listed as a predicted outfielder on opening day, but that was obviously before all the moves were made. He predicts the starting rotation will be Luis Castillo, Sonny Gray, Trevor Bauer, Anthony DiSclefani, and Wade Miley. Not really that big of a surprise there. And then the relievers of Rice Iglesias, Michael Lorenzen, Amir Garrett, Robert Stevenson, Lucas Sims, Sal Romano, Cody Reed, and Nate Jones. Now here's the thing with all of that. I'm not going to go into each and every specific player, but one of the key notes that he lists at the very beginning of the article is there's probably not going to be any further big additions. And he even included trades. Like, I mean, he he specifically said uh, not likely to be any big free agent additions. It looks like the remaining signings will be bench players or maybe a reliever or something like that. But even that, it won't be a big name reliever. So from here on out, probably not going to see Nick Castellanos. Probably not going to see that big splash of a trade that we were hoping for. And, and that makes me wonder, and something that I'd like to hear from you on... At the Lockdown Reds line, 513-549-0159, or tweet at me, at Jeff Carr, with three Fs, or at Lockdown Reds. I want to hear from you. Does that make you disappointed? How do you feel about the Reds right now? Because right now, it seems like this is where the roster's going to be. Uh, you know, barring some sort of injury or something crazy happening in spring training. This is what we're looking at. And that was kind of the first thing that kind of jumped out at me is that there's not going to be any more big additions made. The other thing that jumped out at me was something that he didn't say, something that 
he didn't write in his article. And I'm going to have him on actually here in a couple of weeks. Uh, I think about two weeks from now, we'll have C. Trent on the show and I'll ask him this. But he made no mention of moving Nick Senzel to the infield. I know that's been a hot topic, at least amongst fans on social media and things of that nature. No one actually close to the Reds is saying these sorts of things. It's just all of our collective thoughts. But there was no mention made of moving Nick Senzel to the infield. In fact, if anything, he said that Shogo looks to be playing center field most of the time and moving to the corner outfields as needed, corner outfield spots as needed. But uh, he's going to get the everyday playing time. So Nick Senzel is a man without a position right now, at least as far as I can tell. I mean, I don't know where he fits in. As far as fans go, we'd love to see him at shortstop. Love to see some sort of thing where maybe they move Mustakas to third, Suarez to short, and Senzel to second. I don't know. There's lots of possibilities, and this is going to be a key storyline as we watch spring training unfold. But where does Nick Senzel fit in? And uh, Drew Cook and I kind of talked about that a little bit. If you didn't check out yesterday's podcast, Drew Cook and I really dug into the whole what what's up with Nixon Zell, where is he going to play? And we have some thoughts, but it's more just conjecture at this point. But with that not being said, I wonder if C. Trent is sort of at a loss for figuring out what Senzel's role is. It'll be interesting to see how that unfolds, but that's just kind of what I took away from that is A, no more big additions, and B, Where's Nick Senzel going? The last one that I thought was interesting is that some of the guys that the Reds added as non-roster invitees to spring training, like Jose De Leon, he has an option left. So he doesn't have to be on the Major League roster coming out of spring training. Now, whether or not he is allowed to refuse assignment to AAA, that's a whole nother can of worms. But the point is, he doesn't have to be assigned to the major leagues. But the one thing he did note about the bullpen, he said there will be plenty of competition. This is a direct quote. There will be plenty of competition with Iglesias, Lorenzen, and Garrett, probably the only three with roster spots locked up interesting we're not talking about robert stevenson as a lock we're not talking about lucas sims as a lock we're not talking about cody reed as a lock all of those guys are out of options sims reed and stevenson i mean obviously it was a big theme last spring training that stevenson doesn't have any options but they're not considered locks be interesting to see how that all unfolds because there are a lot of reclamation projects that the Reds picked up and if Derek Johnson and Kyle Bodie and those guys can work some magic and Caleb Cotham if they can all work some magic who knows this could be a very deep bullpen just you know it's something to watch anyway in just a moment we're going to introduce a new segment to today's episode with obscure x reds but before we get into all of that with this weather and the, and the nastiness that is outside, I mean, driving home from work this morning, it was just pouring rain. Absolutely awful. Guess where's nice Arizona? And guess where the Reds will be here in like 
two weeks, three weeks. Arizona. Would you like to go follow the Reds? I would. I I know I definitely would love to be out in Arizona for some Cactus League spring training action. Baseball is getting close. Do you have your plan set up? If not, go to visitarizona.com slash spring training to get your trip booked today. Arizona's got all kinds of stuff outside of Cactus League action. You've got plenty of national parks to go to, lots of golf, amazing restaurants and local breweries even too if you're into that sort of thing. I am. I, I that 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 would be amazing to me. But the best way to book your trip is to go to visitarizona.com/springtraining. It is the home base for baseball fans. And when you think of Cactus League action, you think of the Reds, but there's also lots of teams that are within a 50-mile radius of the downtown Phoenix area. So check it out, visitarizona.com/springtraining. Book your trip today. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that the Locked On Reds podcast is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Reds fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners, not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Reds fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with some disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses and text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are we'll get our team to help your team achieve locked on advertising success once again that's text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising we look forward to hearing from you Okay, I mentioned today we are introducing a new segment today with obscure former Reds, i.e. Ken Huber, your friend and mine. I am beginning this series of segments called Today's Reds Killer. Now look, I'm not trying to depress you. I'm trying to make it fun. Look back on some guys that you just remember and, and just make you go, oh, come on. Because the criteria, you know what, never mind. We're going to jump into it here in the segment, but I just want to introduce it. Today's Reds Killer. Actually, let's make, you know what, the Reds Killer of the Day. That's what we're going to call it. The Reds Killer of the Day. Today, we are beginning a new segment. I'm going to have, and I'm not really sure that it's going to be any sort of pattern, so stay wary podcast listeners, but uh, we're going to have a segment every so often. I have with me my friend and yours, Ken Huber. You know him as Obscure X Reds on Twitter, at Obscure X Reds on Twitter. But if you just search Obscure Former Reds on Twitter, you can also find him that way. He is back. And what we're going to do, each segment is going to be dedicated to a Reds killer. And, and what is our criteria for this, Ken? Um, the criteria is going to we're looking for players who were not just good against the Reds, 
but who were exceptionally good against the Reds, much better than they were against the rest of the league. Um, Chipper Jones excelled against the Reds, but he killed everybody. Albert Pujols excelled against the Reds, but he killed everybody. And what I, after looking into it, what I wanted to do was find people who were 100 points better in, the, in their OPS. So they're on base plus loving. They were 100 points better against the Reds than they were for their career. Um, to me, that kind of stood out of, okay, these people, for whatever reason, um, excelled against the Reds. And I wanted to do it over people who had at least a little bit of sample size. So I wanted to get at least 140 to 150 plate appearances, something for them to build up against the Reds. Um, there are people I looked at who have 16, 20, 40 plate appearances, and that's just getting hot for a week or two. Sure. Um, so these are extended plate appearances over over time where they just excelled exceptionally against the Reds much better than their career. Let's start out today. So kind of like he mentioned, these are guys, and I've, I've heard some of these names. Some of them are going to be surprises to me, but I'm sure for the most part, just about everyone that we hear, as soon as we hear the names, and that's kind of the whole idea of this, is once you hear the name, you just let out a, oh my gosh, that guy... So get ready for it. We're going to start today. We're going to start with the big bopper position. Who was the ultimate Reds killer first baseman? Uh, a lot of you guys will probably remember this name, but of course it's Eric Thames. Um, <sighs> Eric Thames is um, an average first baseman at best with a career o- OPS of, of 805, but against the Reds, um, he's 983. <laughs> it just seemed like every time he came up, he was hitting a home run. Um, it was as high as 1208, but they pitched they pitched better against him um, this year, and so we went down a little bit. And you'll notice this as a trend, as a lot of these players played against some pretty bad pitching staffs against the Reds. And so as soon as the Reds get better pitching, um, people don't do as well. So... Um, the timing on some of these players will um, will be noticeable if you go to their baseball reference page. That is a fair point. He was facing the likes of the Asher Wojciechowskis and the Tim Adelmans and all that different stuff. But at the same token, I mean, not uh, kind of like you mentioned, not 2019, but man, 2018, I swear they just should have walked him every time he came up to the plate because especially there in that first month, I think when the Reds played the Brewers, what felt like 25 times that month, he had about 63 home runs in that. It was just every time he came to the plate, he was killing them. I remember sitting in the stand saying, yeah, just walk him. I don't care if the bases are loaded or or if there's runners in scoring position, walk him. Don't let him him beat you. Yeah, some old school baseball fans are just like, man, just plunk him. Don't even walk him, plunk him. I'm like, well. Plunk him, save the pitch. Yeah, really save a couple pitches. I I tell you, it was funny. I remember whenever the news came across that the Nationals signed him, I kind of let out like a half sigh of relief. I won't say that I'm super relieved because obviously the Reds will still play the Nationals on an annual basis, but at the same token, it won't be near as much as when he was a brewer. I thought he profiled better as a DH anyway and was really rooting for him to find his way to an American League team, but hey. He's out of the division, right? Yes, uh, six to seven times a year is certainly going to be much better than the 15 to 18 times a year that he was facing when he played with Milwaukee. 
and the Nationals are a rather progressive organization, so they'll be doing a lot of platooning. And like you mentioned, the Reds' pitching talent is far and away better than it was a couple of years ago whenever he was murdering them. So to see the likes of Sonny Gray and Luis Castillo and Trevor Bauer towing the rubber, and then you've got some good bullpen arms in there too, I feel a little bit better moving forward in the future that is Reds killer Eric Thames. So that's going to do it for this first segment. On the next segment of Reds killer of the day, we are going to look at the second baseman. That killed him. And, and if I remember right, I think I remember this name. And every time, every time, I felt like his career, he only needed to be. Anyway, but we're going to leave it till the next segment. That'll do it for today's episode. If you remember, I, I said early on in the week, due to the technical difficulties that we had, there will be a Saturday episode. So this is not our last time talking about Reds this week. We're going to talk tomorrow about some reds so make sure you tune in or well tune in download the podcast listen to it all that good stuff best way to not miss a podcast hit subscribe if you haven't done that already hit the subscribe button whatever podcast platform you're listening to you'll get each and every episode each and every day also follow me on twitter at jeff Carr with three f's and follow the show at locked on reds Save the Lockdown Reds Line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. That'll do it for us on the Lockdown Reds Podcast. My name is Jeff Carr. I'll talk to you all tomorrow. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.